Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Place where it is okay and not only okay, but required to speak politics at the dinner table. Today, once he gets done with his press conference, we will be having uh, Lee Francis come on and discuss uh, what he is currently dealing with in the city of Fayetteville, North Carolina. He is a teacher that actually has been suspended without pay, which was confirmed about two hours ago by the Fayetteville Observer, um, for stomping on the flag in order to teach a lesson um, to his students. And there was actually no legitimate reason for him being suspended. It's just they're reacting to the public and um, he has actually not had a chance to tell his story except for well, now, while he's giving his press conference, and then um, here, where he'll be calling in, and uh, he'll call in as soon as he as soon as he's done. So hopefully, we can get him on shortly. And then we are supposed to be having the president of uh, Brookdale College Republicans coming in because um, I like giving exposure to both sides of any argument or of any situation. And so me and her had a conversation on uh, my Facebook page. And it was essentially, it. she said that uh, black people or minorities in general were not oppressed and that they have as many opportunities and as even of, you know, even amount of opportunities as anybody else in this country and anybody else meaning white people usually. So, um, of course, I don't believe that, considering that I'm black and I've, I've lived in the South and I've lived in the North and I've seen just, just even moving from the South to the North, I saw, I've seen a completely different realm of how black people are treated or seen in general. Um, and so hopefully we can get her to call in at 7.30 without any issues and we'll go ahead and have that conversation. And if not, she's definitely coming on this show because she can't avoid the fire the fire flame spitter debater that is myself thinking that you know people can go on my facebook page and and comment and comment and comment and comment and deflect and deflect and deflect not here ladies and gentlemen not today (laughs) so um while we're getting started i think it's important to go ahead and highlight some things about the uh case with mr lee francis the teacher out of faith in north carolina um I actually know this gentleman. We did debate together in high school, and um, he's a he's a pretty smart character. He tends to do almost everything over the top. Uh, it's not really his fault. It's just his personality. At the time, when we were in high school, of course, it was seen as a little bit of a nuisance. But for a teacher, 
especially a well-educated one, it's actually a good thing, right? I think that we can agree that sometimes students don't remember bland lessons. And um, that's one thing I learned from my God sister during North Carolina. Uh, they don't learn from bland lessons. They learn from extreme situations. They learn from, you know, out, you know, uh, out of the realm of normalcy. Most of the lessons that I've learned in life and learned in school, I remember when my teacher attached some crazy logic to it, which is probably why I never remember anything from math other than addition and multiplication. Because the only reason I remember my multiplication tables is legitimately because we learned a lot of songs to memorize one through 12. And I still go through those songs today in my head. And so he used a method of stomping on the flag in order to teach a lesson on the uh, first day of school. Mr. House. When he did that, he um, got a lot of backfire. And it was actually not from the students in his class, but from somebody outside of his class that told their parents. And somebody did say, you know, which is a reasonable question to ask. He said, hey, is there another way that you could have taught that lesson? Except it's not really their place to tell him how to teach if he's not breaking any law. And secondly, that was what he did was perfectly reasonable. And the only reason that they were offended was because it was the American flag. Um, and the point was to teach people to be understanding when people are exercising their freedom of speech. And as long as it's not hate speech, racism, bigotry, or any of that other nonsense, then you, sh you can not like what the person is saying and still respect the fact that they are allowed to say it under the United States Constitution. Because people ha have a huge misconception of how equality works when we're talking about applying the uh, Constitution to particular situations. Um, obviously, as we've seen, <laughs> the Colin Kaepernick situation has let us know that you're allowed, you, you uh, are allowed to take a knee and they quote unquote, what does the, the conservative majority always say? I support you. I support your right to take a knee, but I also think that you're a shithead for doing so. And I hate you and this country gives you that right. And I'm like, oh, you can't really be mad at a person exercising his rights and didn't tell him to be happy that the country is giving him that right and then say if he doesn't like it to leave the country like those are all very contradictory notions right like i support your right but i don't support what you're doing and i don't support the fact that you're doing it here at this particular time and so if you're going to exercise your first amendment right to do what you're going to do the first amendment that i just said i supported that you should leave Right. Doesn't make any sense. And so not only have we seen that um, with the Colin Kaepernick situation, we've always already we've always seen it with the exercise of the uh, Second Amendment rights as well. So uh, I believe we have Lee Francis here. Lee, are you on? I'm here. I'm here, Mr. House. Thank you for having me. We hear you clear and loud and clear over here. So um, go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about yourself and of course, how you got into the situation that you're currently in and um, what, is, what implications it's had for you thus far? Uh, sure, yeah, I'll, I'll just give a uh, brief bio. Um, I have uh, two under, undergraduate degrees in social science and political science with a concentration in uh, humanities. I have an advanced graduate certificate in women and gender studies and feminist theory 
I have a master's degree in rhetoric and composition, and another uh, advanced degree I'm working on is African American studies. Uh, I've published uh, several academic journals. Uh, I was a contributing author in a book that came out last year. Um, so I'm 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 pretty well versed on on different perspectives in history, as well as um, the social science aspect uh, that's involved as well. Man, you are uh, you uh, busy man since the last time we was talking, man. <laughs> it's I've been busy. Uh, I've been busy, absolutely. That's awesome, man. Um, so so for everybody that's watching, obviously as you can tell, this man did not just wake up one day, um, and decide let's go piss off a bunch of super conservative military kids at school. He, he obviously knows because he's like he said he studied a lot of social science and he knows exactly what he's doing when it's when he's trying to convey his lesson and he because of this reaction right here he knew it was a lesson that needed to be taught my that's my assumption because specifically because you were trying to teach people to not react like this whenever someone exercised their first amendment right absolutely uh it was really uh used as an instructional method i mean kids were not familiar with the court case uh or, or they were juniors they would have had civics. They would have had this. I mean, this is an honors preparatory school. This is a, a, a college uh, preparatory school. It's a, a focus on the arts and honors education. So these are advanced students. So they are expected to use critical thinking, use higher uh, order thinking. And so that's what I did. It had nothing to do with inserting any political beliefs of my own or any kind of bias in that regard. It was really used as an instructional method for them to visually see um, an example of symbolic speech uh, and to experience that. Would it, would it be something uh, easy? Uh, is it something that, that, that's easy to comprehend and to, and to think about? Absolutely not. But that was the whole point, right? It's the whole point is, is to challenge them to find their voice and find out what this text is really saying. Um, but my whole goal is... You know, I, I've said this multiple times. I have all the respect for the military, the men and women. I come from a long line uh, of military family members who have died and who are currently still serving. Um, I have the utmost respect for the symbols uh, of this country. But I think what we're missing, and, and I mean this as a society, is that we're so focused on the fabric uh, of the flag that we're breaking apart the fabric of this nation. And I mean that as we devalue human life. For example, in Charlotte, North Carolina, you have innocent people being shot and killed by police officers in Tulsa. And in South Carolina, you have a young man walk into a church and kill nine people and go Burger King afterwards because he could. We have people in, in North Dakota, Native Americans, that were here well before we were, but we're taking the scraps of land that we have issued them. Um, we, that's the larger issue. We're focusing on the minor thing with this flag business, but we have people that are being raped and molested and no one is hearing their voices. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to say something that kind of falls along with your, what you're saying. Now, obviously, as we know, I don't know if you heard, but the video uh, was released today about this from the Charlotte incident. I know you've been pretty busy all day, but the video was released. And, um, Right now, it looks like it was an execution. That is honestly what it looks like um, until we mm -hmm. can see possibly other angles. Uh, 
But what was interesting to me was that, it, as you, I'm, I'm sure you've read, the story that has been, been told by the police chief was that he looked like a suspect, but then he wasn't that suspect. But then he had a gun, so the cop thought it was okay to shoot him. Um, right. And then I thought to myself, well, where is that outrage by the NRA for a man being shot carrying a gun in the open carry state? Right. What's the outrage? Because that's his Second Amendment right. And not only is it his Second Amendment right, it's a right that's reinforced by the North Carolina Constitution. And so I was waiting and, and waiting and, and waiting and waiting. And I'm like, I don't think the NRA is going to say anything about this at all. And this isn't the only time this has happened. I, I mean, we can probably re- recall several times, hundreds of times where this hasn't happened. There was no outrage from the NRA as regards to black people getting shot just for having a gun. But um, this also happened with Minnesota, uh, with, with the situation there where the guy was shot simply because there was a firearm in his car and he was licensed to have that firearm. And the NRA, all the right wing gun nuts stayed silent. The same ones that think mm-hmm. that tyrannical Barack Obama himself is attempting to take his guns or their guns so that they cannot defend themselves against, you know, um, illegitimate authority, maybe, you know, like a cop trying mm-hmm. to shoot you for looking black or looking like you have a gun. Um, all of those people are nowhere to be found when these incidences happen. And it's just like you said, it seems like people want to pick and choose when to follow the First Amendment. They worship the gun, but they value the gun, but not the life behind it, depending on what that life, you know, what that life looks like. Right. But I mean, I, even even in the same vein, I can remember a, an incident where a police officer knew a man had a gun. It was, uh, they tried to wrestle him down. The only difference between him and uh, the, the, the guy, uh, uh, Mr., uh, Terrence and and and, and uh, Tulsa, and what happened in Charlotte is that they wrestled this guy down without firing a shot because he was he was white, and the guy, you know, people that are being shot and killed now are black. Again, so we've got an issue that of racism that we don't want to address. I've gotten death threats from people serving in the military now. I've gotten death threats from uh, police officers that show their picture in the message. Um, so, uh, it, it's, 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 it's not just, you know, people say, well, why are you always throwing out the race card? Because it's something we need to talk about. My yeah. textbook in American history has one sentence on slavery. And all it does is, is, is give the definition of the middle passage. We can't whitewash everything and expect everything to be perfect. And when something comes up, be surprised that, oh my goodness, I never thought this would happen. Well, it is. Hold on. You said your textbook in American history only has one sentence of slavery now. My textbook in American history has one sentence on slavery where it just gives the definition of the middle passage. Now, now, um, when when we were both in high school, which, wow, man, it's almost 10 years now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I never said that out loud. Uh, makes me yeah. feel kind of old, man. <laughs> well, you are. I'm not. Ah, uh, man. You what? You're a year younger than me. How old are you now, man? Uh, I'll be forty this year. Get man. What? <laughs> I'm twenty five. I just turned twenty five. Oh, okay. So yeah, you two year difference. It's still been a long time, but 
when we were in, that's whenever uh, we, the the school system was pretty much dominated by, or excuse me, the, the state and the the Senate and the House in our state was dominated by Democrats, if I recall. Right. And um, the history books did have a little bit more about slavery, if I recall. Correct. Back then, yes. But again, these are new books. I mean, Texas has taken yeah. out, you know, things about the KKK and Jim Crow. And so that's that's where our society is going. For yeah. example, I've got someone in the state house that uh, is saying that I need to be brought up on criminal charges because of what I've done. Um, the only problem is, and, and this is a little scary at the same time, is that this is a guy that's creating laws for this state but he doesn't understand what the supremacy clause is man this is this is insane to me so i i mean i remember learning about the kkk i remember learning about slavery i remember these things and you're telling me that they're essentially trying to wipe the racist bigotrous history out of america in this in in, in the south it's in, even in north carolina that has a pretty good blend of both conservative and liberal uh, members. Absolutely. Wow. That's, um, so I'm assuming this has probably had some effect on, on the way you teach and why you teach the way you do. And, um, how, how have your, how have, I'm curious, how has your, how have your counterpart parts acted, uh, in, in light of this, these textbooks? Cause I'm, I'm assuming these are new as in they're, they're new, the Republicans kind of created these or allowed these to be pushed throughout the school systems. That's so how right. do kind of parts deal with this? Well, you have to understand a lot of these folks are older. And so the textbook for them is is essentially the same as the canon. I mean, it is it is the truth. I taught last year in a in a very, very conservative uh school in Harnett County, which has a very strong history of KKK involvement, where uh I was teaching and this woman uh, a colleague of mine said, well, you know, the stuff in the textbook, they wouldn't put it in there if it wasn't right. And and I said, well, this is not right uh, because, one, it's not right because it's not in here. And I taught English then. And she said, well, I, I, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that for blacks. It wasn't like that for women back then And because the textbook said so. And I said, well, I have video that says that that's not that's not the case. So people people don't question the textbook because those that question or those that that seek to go beyond the norm or away from the norm uh, get death threats, uh, are fired, are uh, shunned from society, um, and and I've experienced that. Wow, that's um that's powerful. And and what it appears at this at this point is that they've started. I mean, obviously, as we've seen, um, the Republicans have gerrymandered their way into dominance at all levels of the government. Hey, guys, I got a great new deal for you. It's called Factor, America's number one ready to eat meal delivery service. Now, I want you to take out a pen and paper and write down Opperman 50, O-P-P-E-R-M-A-N 50. Now, fact is, delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes, you'll be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including Kato, Calorie Smart, 
vegan, veggie, and more. Uh, there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Two-minute meals. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. Snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout. And every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. Flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or schedule your deliveries anytime. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping, no cooking, no cleanup needed. Now head to factormeals.com front slash opperman50 and then you use code opperman50 to get 50% off. That's code opperman50 at factormeals.com front slash opperman50. O-P-P-E-R-M-A-N-5-0 to get 50% off. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Seems like. And um, what's, what's scary to me is that it's not only the laws, but they're actually teaching people the wrong thing purposely. And this is something I thought that I would only see in like Alabama or, or you know, Louisiana or Missouri, but in North Carolina where yes. – I mean, where these students go to UNC, they go to, you know, they eventually grow up and go to Duke. They go to UNC, especially in Fayetteville. We have some of the brightest students, you know, going to do the biggest things coming out of some of these high schools. And, and they're now being taught that slavery is a footnote. It wasn't that That's right. It wasn't that serious. It wasn't that bad. Wow. I've, I've got kids. I've got kids in an honors class, kids that are in AP that that still think that Christopher Columbus was the first person to discover America. I mean, this is 2016. There were 400 years before Columbus was born, there were ships on the New World. Um, yeah. but, no one, but no one talks about this. So they think, when I'm talking about the age of discovery, oh, Christopher Columbus did this. Christopher Columbus was a nice guy, and we had the Thanksgiving meal. They didn't realize that Christopher Columbus was raping women were boiling the natives. I mean, there are documents that you won't find in the textbook um, that that really give the true account of what's going on. That's yeah, that's that's insane, actually. And and you said, um, I hate to shift, shift subjects on you, but you said that you're going to be going traveling here pretty soon, right? With uh, with the defendant uh, in the Texas v. Johnson case. Yes, uh, Joey Johnson, and uh, he, he will actually be here uh, on Sunday. Uh, he's going to spend a little bit of time with me. Uh, we're going to go around and, and, and 
talk about the press and talk about his experience. Um, I've received calls from all over all over the country. I've done Fox News. I've been on uh, every major station you can think of. Uh, I just got a message. Uh, someone in Russia, uh, a news program in Russia, wants to interview me over Skype. I mean, it, it's you know, it's funny that that Russians are understanding the point of my lesson, and yet the people in this country, in this city, in this state, in this school district, still fail to understand the larger situation, the larger problem. That for 9-11, the choir will sing, never forget, and united we stand. But when you bring up Sandra Bland, when you bring up Native Americans, when you bring up women's rights, when you bring up Tamir Rice, when you bring up Eric Gardner, the song changes from never forget and united we stand to when are you going to get over it? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm not racist. Why? Did, yeah, okay. And I wasn't involved in 9/11 anyway, so why do I never have to forget it? You know, it's right. it's it's crazy the parallels and the hypocrisy that that I've uh, that we've seen. It's and I mean it grows even more. It grows more and more every day. It seems like with the expansion of social networking, and you would think that in the information age. Um, that we would see people become much more intelligent, much more affluent, but it's it's almost like the 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 more intelligent people grow from the information age, also the more ignorant they get because you have the same you have ignorant people they follow like mind they follow other like minded ignorant people and right. they start spreading these ignorant messages and then you have uh, the complete and utter just just misinformation, the, the conveyance of misinformation through people like Bill O'Reilly. I mean, I was on Herman Cain's website. He's a damn idiot. Um, I mean, yeah. just you know, they're and, they're and they're making millions off of people being ignorant, and it's sad. And see, I would go as far to argue that intelligence, intelligence in 2016, is not the same intelligence that we would find in 1980 or 1953. Intelligence here, because we've lowered standards, we've lowered the fact that you don't have to have a GPA requirement to graduate from high school. You don't have to have a GPA requirement to get into this. We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't have to, don't take the SAT, don't take the ACT, because we don't, we're not even counting these scores anymore. So knowledge, uh, intelligence, it's very subjective in that it changes with each generation and it decreases with each generation. Yeah. You think it so 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 my question to you would be as a teacher, you think that um that we should the uh, I mean, obviously I'm sure you, you have some some grievances against standardized tests, so I get what you're saying, but um I would even venture to say that knowledge I don't believe that that uh that knowledge is decreasing. Well, no. Okay, so here's what I say. I will say that knowledge itself is decreasing um, per generation, but I think that's a good thing because the knowledge that we supposedly assumed was factual is wrong. And so as knowledge decreases every generation, logic and reasoning surfaces. But as we've seen, uh, at the other side of that fence is logic and reasoning also um, decreasing. At the, It's almost like a counter-reaction. It's... it's, it's like logic and reasoning in most millennials probably is the highest that it's ever been in any generation of, of, of education or just 
generations in general, especially politically. But at the same time, you see a perpetuation of ignorance at some of the highest levels also amongst millennials, depending on the level of education, of course, their background, uh, their socioeconomic background, all that stuff. But you see a level of ignorance. Um, We're going to have a guest on the show tonight. And I was having a conversation with her. She's a Latina. And um, she's the president of a, of, a, of a Republican club at uh, Brookdale. And we had a conversation on Facebook. And she, I mean, we were, it was a very polite conversation. Don't get me wrong. It got heated as she engaged with other people. But I try to be as, I try, try very hard to be as polite as humanly possible when it comes to this type of stuff. And she could not convey to me at all the logic and black people are not oppressed in any way. And that she really, truly believed that equality was, is um, like, it's just abundant. It's abundant for everybody. And it's, and I'm like, you can't even give to me an example. I, I mean, there was a case where a black man shot uh, a person for breaking and entering in Texas and got prosecuted, even though he was defending his household. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's no equality in this country. And I love when people say, well, how are blacks not equal? And I'm like, so do you have a, a year for me to go through all the ways, you know? And, but the thing is, once again, I want you to remember, this woman is Latina. And I've noticed this trend. Um, every time I have this conversation with a Latino, I tend to look at, I, I go Facebook stalk mode. Or I start prying and asking them questions about their personal life. Because for me, your experiences are very, very evident through your logic and reasoning. So if you had a, a particularly, particularly successful life because your parents were particularly successful, you know, the whole pull, pull up your, your boot, the bootstrap argument, you start to believe that everyone has had the exact same opportunities as your parents. So you start to believe that because someone did not obstruct your parents' opportunity, that they, nobody else's opportunity had, could possibly be obstructed and you think that you can just fight your way and their hard work and perseverance eventually pays off no matter what the situation and it's funny to me because one i've always noticed this it's i and i said this to her i said it's always interesting to me that latinos like yourself who make these arguments about how life is so equal for you always find yourself around all white people or all white women for example because she's a latina and you all only tend to date white men and it seems like you've subconsciously realized that that equality that you're, you yearn for and that you say everyone else had only tends to exist around the people that you hang out with mm. and that you put yourself in a position to achieve and attain the same things that they do because you have a preconceived notion or a subconscious realization that you know that if you surround yourself with anybody other than that particular demographic of people, that it could go sideways. For some reason, you know, you're not going to get the connections. You're not going to have the educational opportunities. You know that they're better at networking. You're not, you know that they they can tell you where to go, why to go there, and who to talk to. And you're in the good graces because you know. Uh, and I've heard this about not only Latinos but the, the black guy. But you're that you become that. Oh, she's one of the good ones. Yeah, I'm sure you know what I'm mm-hmm. referring to. You know, she's she's one of the good ones. So we can we can bring her into the circle. And that's what I, I, I noticed that about. And it's easier to, to, to say that all that stuff when you hang around nothing but white people telling you the exact same thing. And it's also easier to say that when you're a minority in the North because you see a lot of people yeah, become yeah. successful in the North because minorities have an abundance of opportunity. 
in the uh, in the north. I think um, amongst themselves, because you can you have a lot more business if you're a minority in the north amongst yourselves than you would if you're in the south, where you become literally a minority in every way possible. So I just thought that that was interesting that she would say something like that, and that there's this like this big breakdown amongst millennials of, with the millennials dealing with reality every day. And the millennials who have been placed in this fantasy world. And so their logic and reasoning has been corrupted by that fantasy world. And there's a big gap that they miss when they're trying to connect why someone could feel a type of way about why their success may be hindered by their circumstance. Mm. Wow. I mean, we, we live in a very interesting society, um, where e- equality doesn't exist, uh, equal opportunity doesn't exist. Um, but again, those are conversations that nobody wants to have. Yeah, I mean, hell, there are people like you who want to have them. That's for sure. And you know what? Um, I'm actually very thankful that you you did what you did. And you, it was funny because, like I said, my god sister's a teacher out in Durham. Uh, she teaches. I don't know if you ever heard of Neil Middle School. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I taught middle school. Yeah, so she was she she teaches out of Neo Middle School, and I said I told her I was like, have you heard about this guy? And I sent her your article. She went berserk. She was like, oh my god, like she loved it because I mean, obviously she's very much for you know fight the power type situations, and um, she was like, this is this is exactly what we needed. And she's the same type of person that will go above and beyond to prove her point. And I don't know, I, back in the day, uh, I remember you used to be a little on the conservative side, but I would say that actually most of us in debate were probably more conservative than we were willing to admit at the time because we, de- we, we definitely framed everything around what we believed were facts and the logic and reasoning sometimes. Uh, we lack logic and reasoning, but we're really good at formulating you know, and regurgitating facts. And so I can't remember if you were, were conservative back in the day, but it looks like that you made some sort of a, like, sort of, kind of like a, a cognitive transformation based on your personal yeah. experiences up until, this, up until this point. I would say uh, me having a, a 180 shift wouldn't quite capture it. it is, uh, it's, it's, it's been a remarkable shift. Uh, I've learned so much uh, and am thankful that I have this knowledge now um, because in high school I, I was conservative because I didn't know any better. Uh, but I have seen the light, I suppose you could say. If you wouldn't mind talking about it, what, what was like the tipping or the turning point for you that made you say, okay, obviously I am looking at life the entirely wrong. It's just like, it's not, it's not what I thought it was. What was the tipping point for you? Well, there was there wasn't just one. Um, it took it took me being challenged in a lot of ways in what I believed, and it by the time I got to college and by the time I left, I was really uh, awakened. And by the time I got to graduate school, it was it was just commonplace uh, for me to uh, talk about uh, you know socialism and, and to talk about communist theory and, and to talk about feminist theory. By the time I got to graduate school, it was, you know, the the person that I was had completely disappeared. And, and this person that was awakened uh, had taken its place. Man, I would say um, 
yeah, college is a is a crazy thing, right? And you know, they always say that uh, it's the liberal arts schools that are corrupting America, and I'm I'm like, my liberal arts schools didn't teach me, they didn't teach at me, they never. If for example, I had a, a economist that said uh, that my theory that a China like our a situation with China um, was not hurting the economy, hurting jobs in the way that I wrote in my paper. Um, oh, mostly because it was a short paper, it was a very short, paper, like three pages. And he gave me an A on the paper though. He gave me an A because he said it was a well-delivered argument. And, but then I had to actually have a conversation with him afterwards. And I said, well, the, the things that you pointed at. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, out to me were actually false. And I don't think you actually know that what, what you think, your logic of reasoning in this particular situation is fallacious. And he was like, I don't understand. What do you mean? I was, I was explaining to him what you were considering jobs. The, de- the, the, the decrease in quote unquote unemployment um, is it's not factual. I was like, you're looking at fake jobs. You're looking at $7.50 an hour, $7.25 an hour, $8 an hour jobs. Simply because Best Buy was able to export, you know, get everything cheaper and then make more minimum wage jobs does not mean that the country is at all better off. In fact, it puts us in a greater hole because those people have to work a larger amount of hours and now do not have the amount of time available to achieve high level education, which this country has made a requirement in order to achieve a higher socioeconomic status. And mm-hmm. so what you're saying, I was explaining to him, like what, so what you think uh, by the raw numbers that's right is not actually right. And he, we had a line of conversation and he actually, con- con- you know, he commended me for it. And, but he never taught at me. And he was, I would say he was more on the conservative side or libertarian, I would say. But he learned something that day because he, he never taught. He seeks to give you the facts, facts that you may not have known, he seeks to give you the logic, the, at least the logical framework, and then to move from there. And that was almost every single one of my professors in college. And that's what we need. We don't need people telling us how to think. We need people telling us how to get to the conclusion. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I would say that for me, uh, a lot of things opened my eyes. And a lot of things, I, I, what I also appreciated was that some of the stuff I, I did, in fact, know um, but it gave, it gives you a way to to frame everything you knew, but didn't necessarily know how to, or didn't necessarily understand the historical context uh, behind those things. Like, um, 
like, oh, I'll give you another good example, because we're, since we're talking about America uh, and imperialism and how they use nationalism, you know, to to frame the idea that if you ever argue against the basic conservative ideals of America, then you are a terrorist or a communist. Um, the, the situation with uh, the, the Cold War, how people have no idea how much the uh, deals made during the uh, at the end of World War Two affected the Cold War and affected America, America, Russia relations. Um, and essentially that once Russia was given the Eastern Bloc, we were given Israel by force. And that was the first failure of the United Nations. And it let America and Russia know that they can get away with whatever they wanted. Because as you recall, the League of Nations could not survive without, you know, a, a, a superpower pushing it. That's and they right. made it clear that the United States and Russia were both needed in order for it to survive. And they knew that if they didn't do it the right way this time, it would be a huge failure. And ironically, in that, it became a failure because both Russia and America sought to become empires as soon as World War II was over. And the, the oil in the Middle East was the hub of, of the resource that they needed in order to truly become an empire and become an independent empire. Mm. And so that's what it just, you know, that's just a few examples of, of why it's so important to get educated. And I, I, I'm, I'll commend you for what you do because, you know, you're an intelligent gentleman, man. You can be doing a lot and making a lot of money doing it, to be perfectly honest with you. But we need people like you in the school system fighting for for honest truth and and just the facts the actual facts the hard facts the facts that honestly break your heart when you talk about them but that's why they're so important so we don't continue to you know to, to repeat the mistakes that we've made so far and i just want to commend you for that and thank you thank you for that and you know and hope that you spread your message far beyond Fayetteville, North Carolina, North Carolina. I, you know, if, if you ever come up to New York, you know, we can have a sit down and we can go live and, you know, just talk about the journey that you've had thus far, because I just, you know, I can't, I can't imagine being suspended for exercising my first amendment in the most, I mean, in a teaching environment, nonetheless, is what's yeah. interesting. It's not like you were doing it and you worked for a corporation and it was against the interests of the corporation. Like, this is a teaching environment. You get paid by the federal government and or not really you get paid by the state government, but you get paid by the state government and you are doing your job so that you can make more efficient, uh, more efficient students and more efficient, you know, and autonomous uh, students of the workforce. And you get suspended for it because of public right. backlash in a conservative state. You're right. That's right. So, so what are your plans next, man? What, what do you plan on doing? Do you plan on uh, going back into teaching? Do you want to continue to teach at the high school level after all this is over? Do you think you want to go into the college level after all this is over? What do you plan on doing? Uh, well, we're going to fight this. Uh, we're going to appeal the decision. Uh, we're going to put some pressure on this county to actually uh, use common sense and, and find some way to uh, muster the ability to uh, be rational. Um, we're not backing down. Uh, if, a, if a position at a college opens up, uh, I've got advanced degrees where that would be a perfect fit for me, uh, I would consider that. But I believe that 
you have to really start at an early age. Uh, that by the time someone gets to college, they're they're really set in what they know. Not that you can indoctrinate students when they're younger, but you can present different perspectives, and 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 they will take that time to think. Um, I, I'm I'm open to anything that comes my way. I've had job offers. Um, I've had death threats, but um, I will do what I think is best for really not only myself, but for this community. And I think we need more people with that understanding that it's okay to look out for yourself, but how are you helping your society? And and if I find a job that will allow me to really work on society and work with society, then that's probably what, what I need to be doing. Okay, man. Well, you know what? I I have no doubt in my mind that after all this is over, you will have more than a few job offers, man. Honestly, I don't I don't see why you wouldn't because I would say, and this is and this is I feel like that the story uh, the story has broken in a few news news sources as far as on on Facebook, but not it hasn't been as viral as it should be at this point in my opinion. And that's because it, you know the election is overshadowing it, and, and ironically. And it's funny to me because like, uh, I, was, I always talk about people flexing the Second Amendment rights. And I said, wow, it's, it's funny to me how people can flex their Second Amendment rights. White people, white males specifically, but mostly white people, um, mm-hmm. can flex their Second Amendment rights. They can pose with the rifle in their, in their photo. They can pose with the pistol in their photo. But God forbid you or I ever posted a picture of a pistol in our profile picture. We would never get a job again in this country. Absolutely. Never. Not one time. And and it's just, it's the same thing. Um, whenever people want to talk about uh, putting, putting God and the Pledge of Allegiance back into the schools and they want to carry their Confederate flags everywhere and wave them and say, I have freedom of speech and I should be allowed to carry my racist bigotry flag. And yet you, you know, you show, you, you give the opposite lesson that, hey, okay, so you all want to, well, they think that hate speech is actually protected by the First Amendment, but it's not. But, um, you know, when you do, when you actually exercise your First Amendment right in the correct way, nonetheless, mm. and for teaching, it's, it's, it, it, if somebody brought in the Confederate flag and said, and use it as an example, they would be wrong because the Confederate flag represents a particular group that literally tried to separate from the Union to maintain a, you know, a racist institution. They, they would be wrong. But if it was to teach a particular lesson as to why they would be wrong, I would have no problem bringing them bringing it into the classroom and explaining that. But you, you were teaching something in the most legal and you know, nice way possible, and, but purposely controversial because that's what's necessary. And you get suspended for it. And I'm just like, wow. And, and, and being the type of student I was, I was a controversial student myself. I know you're a controversial teacher. I was a controversial student. And I've seen, I've seen teachers get away with everything. I mean, I've seen teachers get away with stuff. That, I mean, they're still higher at the school. Uh, and they don't get suspended. They don't get questioned. The, the student's seen as an idiot. The student's seen as dumb. We can go back and tell our parents. They're just like, you need to discipline your student more. He shouldn't be arguing or com- having confrontation with the teacher to begin with. But as soon as, you, as, soon as you're, once again, I'll be frank about it. If you're a black man trying to make a point in the white man's world, especially one that's extremely valid, you get crucified. 
And this, right. this, this is just because, I mean, even in the, in the educational environment, in, in, a, in a well-spoken, well-articulated way, with the proof behind it. I mean, you even tell these people, this is the proof behind this. There's a court case where what I'm doing is perfectly validated, and that's the whole point of this entire conversation. And you're going to tell me you can't do that. Uh, that's not what the Supreme Court says. You know, like, you can't. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's, it legitimately is heartbreaking. People ask me, because I don't really, I'm not necessarily for or against gun rights. I don't really render that much of an opinion on it. But would I ever have one? No. Uh, for one, luckily, one of the things about being a black male is that people rarely test your patience, especially when you're six and 200 pounds. Um, gotten a little bit taller and a little bit bigger since we last met. But, <laughs> uh, you know, but I would never carry one. They're like, well, what about your Second Amendment rights? I'm like, bro, really? When has the Constitution ever applied to black people in history? Exactly. It's, well, I mean, there was there was a point in history where it specifically did not apply to yeah. blacks, um, and, and, and 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 it didn't apply to the states. Yeah, it needs to be it needs to be rewritten. It needs to be done immediately. It needs to be specific. It needs to mention. I understand why it doesn't mention minorities because it some it somehow feels as if it would lead to the marginalization of other minorities, like you're going to leave someone out. But there are ways to make sure you include everyone. And when you have the word man, 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 land, 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 property, 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 over and over and over and over again, and those start to be the things that define, you know, who the Constitution is referring to, is pretty much the people who have the quote-unquote most to lose. It needs to be rewritten. The world is a run by the ownership of property anymore. The world isn't run by men anymore. The, you know, the, the world in the, in the United States today is much different, even from, the, even from 50 years ago. Just because we got rid of segregation does not mean, or excuse me, just because we legally got rid of segregation does not mean that racism just disappeared the next day. Those, right. those people had kids. Just because we pass, uh, we allow gay rights now, or gay gay marriage now, doesn't mean that homophobia just went out the window. Just because I, you know, just just it's just I'm allowed to say what I'm allowed to say as long as I don't say it like, uh, for example, I can't speak like Floyd Mayweather, or I could I can't speak like a Lil Wayne, or I can't speak like a you know however people believe that black people traditionally speak and have my voice heard. Um, I mean, even while we were doing debate. Uh, I was asked to change the way I conveyed my ideas because I came off too powerful or I came off too, quote unquote, aggressive. Meanwhile, I'm sure you remember some of our friends I, like David Tokars. I actually still talk to him. Um, Matt, Matt Graham, Nick Auctioner. A lot of those people spoke just as powerfully as I did. But the main difference was they weren't a black guy in Congress. Right. You know, we're supposed to be more soft spoken so people can listen to me. Uh, and. I say, damn all that. So you're either going to hear me by choice or you're going to hear me without an option. And, and that's the type of leadership that we need because as we've seen in the past, like voices like yours, I mean, voices like MLK, voices like uh, even, I mean, it's just even Barack Obama, the way he's been very, uh, he's been pissing me off a little bit recently, but um, he still also has been unapologetically black in a lot of the things that he does. And um, 
that's why I have a lot of respect for him. I have a lot of respect for Michelle because, I mean, when I think of a, a black woman, an educated black woman, uh, a lot of times I think about my mom and then I think about Michelle because they actually ask if, if Michelle, if somebody told me that, it, you know, Michelle Obama doesn't act like a black woman, what I, what I would think is a black woman, I'd be like, bro, you ain't never hung around an educated black woman, have you? That's exactly, you know, how I would expect her. And guess what? She gets love for it. She gets a lot of love for it. And Obama gets a lot of love That's for it. Right. But we need that to stretch into, we need that to stretch into the South into these pockets of the country where Republicans have turned education into a stigma. Yeah. That's, that's the problem. It's not, we know that there are parts of the country where race is less of a problem, still a problem, but less of an issue. But there are a lot of parts, pockets of the country that people cannot get out of. And that's the, that's the problem that we're in a 2016, the richest country in the world with the still, in a lot of ways, the most opportunity. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And people don't have the opportunity to become properly educated. And when you have that happening, it's a downward spiral. It really is. And um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So my question to you is, have you ever, uh, you thinking about running for office anytime, man? No. Um... I really don't have any uh, political aspirations. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I could get more done as a private citizen than as uh, as an elected official. I agree. I agree. Sometimes it is better to to handle things at the at, the, at that level. Um, the reason I ask is just because you know you you have a lot of ideas that at the at the very local level we really need. And um, in the, in our education system, and at least, you know, for example, like the fact that public school funding is decided by property taxes is absolutely insane. Yeah. Like, for example, I mean, you you lived in Fayetteville. What is it? How the hell could E. E. Smith could ever compete with Terry Sanford and Jack Ray? In yeah. what world? Well, that, that well, that's the whole point. The whole point is for them not to compete. I mean, and that that there's, it's not hidden. I mean, you you look at the the alumni base. The alumni base for E. Smith is bigger than any high school just about in the nation. But even with that, even with the alumni, they still will not ever be able to compete because the society, the culture in Fayetteville sees them as the black school that will be. That will forever be less than Jack Britt or Terry Sanford or all these other places. And the same thing is true for Douglas Bird and Westover. Don't yeah. go to the black school. Go to a good school. Once it became a black school, it was it was over because it didn't used to always yeah. be like like that. Seventy first, so, you know, seventy first luckily has a military population keeping it afloat. But I mean, and what's what's crazy about schools like uh, specifically Jack Britt? Um, the, I mean, the houses. I mean, the, the houses are were expensive to begin with because the school was nice, 
And then, because the school got nicer, the houses became more expensive, so the school became progressively nicer. You know, the opportunities became right. more abundant. And I'm like, this is this is like this. How can anyone compete with a system like that? There's no, there's absolutely no way. And it's the system is inherently racist because people were segregated to begin with while these property taxes started getting influ- you know, started influencing the outcome of people's education. Right. You know, and so well, and and he's even- never done anything. And what that's one thing about Barack Obama's presidency that irritated me is that I expected him to change that. And he didn't. And nobody at any level has said we need to stop this practice because it it's the most racist educational practice that we still have and we think that we can solve our educational issues by surging in more books that you know surging in higher paid teachers like yeah higher paid teachers would be nice better uh better books would also be nice but at the end of the day you need to stop it stop making it so that the area that they that school exists in is the determining factor on how beneficial the education will be and it's just it's just it's a racist racial practice well, the point in case, and, and, and I think that that's an interesting point, is that Massey Hill used to be an alternative school where I worked. used to be an alternative school for quite some time. It was, uh, at one point, the only alternative school uh, in the county. But because you've got folks like uh, former Sheriff Moose Butler, uh, Larry Lancaster, who's on the school board, prominent people that are, you know, that happen to be white, uh, they said, you know what? It doesn't matter if this school has 25 students. We're going to fix it. We're going to make it right, and we're going to build it up to be the best school in the county. And so it went from an alternative school that you would send kids that were suspended for long-term, long periods of time that had uh, behavioral issues, and now it has become an elite school. So it's not to say that you can't do the same to uh, E.E. Smith or Douglas Bird or Westover, but it has to do with who is privileging the discussion. They don't want to make E.E. Smith equal to Matthew Hill or Jack Rich in the very same way that they don't want to make blacks equal to white or any minority for that matter. The folks in the LGBTQ community to be equal to a heterosexual Christian uh, Christian white male. They don't want that. Exactly. And you know what? Um... I'm glad that, you know, there are people who realize that out there. And I honestly was confused and I was questioning whether, because I don't even think teachers, because, really, you know, you get so caught up in your career that you don't really think about the politics surrounding it. And after, after debate, man, I, well, I, have to t- I hate it. I hated politics. I despised it. I'm like, this stuff is horrible. We learned a lot. We didn't learn enough, but we learned a lot. And the one thing that I can say that we learned was that politics is just horrible. And then as I got older, just because of everything I learned from when we were doing debate, I was like, wow, it is now like, I feel like it's a responsibility to know politics because it affects so much more of our life than we originally realized. And, um, you know, one of my favorite quotes, even on House of Cards, I mean, yeah, Frank is an asshole, but he actually has some pretty memorable quotes. And that is uh, said, people confuse money with power and, you know, they think that it's, they're equal. Like the more money you have, the more power you have. And that is, to an extent, true, but money can only really buy you power. But there are people, if they are good enough, good at taking power or getting the right people behind them so that your money is ineffective. 
or you need to pay them to employ them to, you know, to, to maintain any sort of power that you thought your money could buy. And that is really what what we're dealing with in this country. It's an imbalance of power. The money is actually buying the power. And the reason that people are running for these offices is because they know that the money is going to be trying to buy the power. And what we need to do is find out a way to uh, take that money back. So with that being said, um, is there any way, because I know you're going to be traveling and they just suspended you uh, without pay. So is there any way that my viewers can like donate to you or do you have a, a, a GoFundMe or anything open right now that we could uh, help you out? Um, I could share it to my friends and, and we can, you know, to my colleagues and we can go ahead and start getting you getting you some some kind of backup fund because I know uh, first of all y'all don't get paid that much anyway in North Carolina I know. Yeah, that, uh, that I, I, I greatly appreciate that I, I don't have any uh, any such site set up to be quite honest I don't do technology very well I wouldn't even know how to set it up um, but if somebody does offer to do that then uh, and I would appreciate that but, well, you know but what um, do. here's what we'll do um I, I do know technology pretty well, and not only that, but the people that I work with also know technology very well. So here's what I'll do. Tomorrow, I will go ahead and I will start you a campaign, and we will, go ahead, we will try to make sure that you have some type of security. Because if you're out fighting for our kids and for, fighting for our futures, which is exactly what you're doing, then the least we could do is to make sure that there are people out there you know, fighting to make sure that you can continue being that voice. And so I'll be in touch with you with, with you in the morning. Um, we can talk about the details of it, but I'm sure my supporters would be out there. I actually have a friend named Tim Black. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of him. Very progressive guy, uh, political figure, radio host, tens of thousands and thousands and thousands of followers and supporters. And he actually wanted to talk to you, too. And um, I'll get with him as well. And we'll go ahead and we'll try to get you get, get you promoted and try to make sure that you can you can eat. While you're out here saving the world, how does that sound, man? Uh, I, I would be eternally grateful. I, I appreciate that, and, and and you don't have to do that, but uh, but I do appreciate uh, everything that 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 you uh, that you said. I appreciate that. I said we appreciate you, man. There's not enough teachers in the world that that would do what you did and would fight the fight that you're fighting. And so, if you do your part, I'm a firm believer. I am, especially after what I've been through, man. And I don't know if you know about the details, but I'll talk to you about that at a different time. Um, but if you do your part, man, it's 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 the if you do your part for the people, it's the responsibility of the people to do their part for you as well, especially in the time, you know, in the time that we live in right now and the era that we're living in politics and people having citizens like yourself having to stand up because the people that we elected, and the people that have the power won't and refuse to. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. And um, All right. so, I appreciate that. Pleasure. Pleasure talking to you. I'm glad to have you on the show. If y'all happen to go on tour and make make your way to New York, definitely stop by. We can do a live uh, Facebook, you know, live Facebook I will. as well. So, absolutely. All right. uh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, man. And good luck with everything. Keep me up to date. I will do. All right. Thanks. Bye.